This is William Hopkins, and you're listening to Scrum Up. Going to my bar eventually. Your bar? My bar. When we move out of this house. Like your personal bar, or like you're going to start a bar? Like my personal bar. Oh, you should start I a would, bar. I would Ooh. never start a bar. Why would you never start a bar? Actually, that's not true. I would definitely start a bar. Uh, that's one of my dreams is to start a bar. Let's do it. Fuck yeah. Start See a how easy bar. I am to convince? <laughs> I would never start a bar. Well, it's one of my dreams. All right, yeah, fuck it. I'm in. <laughs> Doesn't take much. Uh, we only got like two games to go over this week, man. Unless... Yeah, there's but there's a lot to go over for the Lions. That is true. I guess. Let's, let's start with the game that is not the Lions. So, the game that I didn't watch, because I'm a piece of shit. Oh, you mean the game that I also didn't watch. Oh! <laughs> well, to be fair, I didn't watch it because I didn't have access to it. What was it? It was, on, it was on CBS. It yeah, it was on CBS. Or ABC oh. Sports. It wasn't on the Rugby Network. It's, I mean, I mean, I get you got to have, like, them on local channels and shit like that. But I hate that, like, at the beginning of the season, MLR is like, yeah, join the Rugby Network. All yeah. games are going to be Every on there. Every game. Then, yeah, yeah, not all games are on there. And the final is definitely not on there. Or the playoffs. That was the Play- final. Well, I know that, but, I mean, they didn't have playoffs either. There were no playoffs, no final. It was all on oh. local channels. Oh shit! No, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, just the final. Nope. Well, so I haven't been able to watch any playoffs or finals. Hmm. Well, as you tell me, there's always highlights. There are always highlights. <laughs> I was disappointed with who won, though. So. L.A. You know. Yeah, I just I really wanted Atlanta to win that game, man. I really did. Why? So the underdogs, man, the Giltinis came out and just they they basically had a super team of old super rugby players and like former Australia rugby players and they just smoked everybody and then Atlanta was sticking in there, they beat them and then I don't know. Would have been cool for Atlanta to win. To be fair, However, it is also kind of cool that this is Los Angeles' first year, and they just dominated this year. Yeah, but that's the thing, is it's L.A.'s first year. They're arguably, like, them and New York are probably the biggest markets for that. They have the biggest team, essentially, from, like, a sports state, city sort of deal. Mm-hmm. L.A.'s got to be the biggest one there. They had the money. They were able to sign the best players starting off season one. It's not like the Austin elite were able to sign these players three years ago. So, I mean, basically they didn't put the work in that not saying the players didn't put the work in, but the team didn't put the work in. They show up with a bunch of money. They sign the best players, you know, former international players. So yeah, of course they're going to beat up on, you know, these guys in the MLR. But I mean, look at, look at how many heads that let Los Angeles turn just by themselves. 
That's true. I mean, I'm not saying they're not good for the game. I mean, they really brought attention to the oh, MLR. Yeah. There are people overseas, like people that we interviewed were like, oh, yeah, so like MLR, what do you know about it? Like, oh, the Giltinis. Two out of like, two people we interviewed were like, yeah, the people in pink. Yeah, but not even just them. Like people that I talk to, and all these different groups for research, I mean, all of them are like, "Oh yeah, the Giltinis, like they look pretty good." Well, hell, like we talked about it's earlier, like, well, yeah, earlier episode. Even Danny Carey was like, "Yeah, you know, I might consider yeah. it one day." Oh my god, get up! <laughs> she has the cutest laugh, though. <laughs> it's adorable. She, uh, so she's finally at that point where she thinks farts are funny. Mm. And so before then, she like, she didn't give a shit. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and then Sunday she was throwing a fit and she was just not having it. And, um, I went to go, can you hear her? Not anymore. Okay. Cause she's literally just like outside the door crying her head <laughs> off. Um, so, like, she was upset and, like, didn't want nothing to do with anybody. So, I went to go, like, sit down and talk to her. And when I went to go sit on the bed, I pretended to fart. So, like, as I'm squatting down, I made the, you know, the fart noise. And yeah. she lost it. Like, I'm talking, like, laughing so hard. No noise is coming out for, like, five seconds. <laughs> she, she can't even breathe. She's laughing so hard. Yeah, dude. Oh, so, like, okay. So, we did that for about two hours. And me just, like, pretending to sit down and just... You know, and she would just lose her mind. And then, you know, my gosh. It, yeah, I felt like that was getting too boring. So, like, every time I would jump up, you're like, oh, what the hell was that? And then every step I'd take, I'd make another part noise. And, dude, she was just, just gone. Dude, just next week, if so she's awesome. still into that next weekend, things are going to be great because my kid will love making fart noises all day long. <laughs> he'll, well, he'll love it. So, that alone, you ever, you, the Despicable Me, you seen the fart gun? Yep, the fart gun. Yeah. You know how they sort of sell them at like Target and Walmart and shit? I've seen them around. Yeah, the, like the little the air ones or whatever. No, it's a it's just a automated like it has a speaker on it and you pull the trigger and it makes fart. Oh. That's all it does. After that, I was like, oh, I think she might really like one of those. Yeah. So I'm thinking about going to get her a fart gun. <laughs> I can't remember. Did I tell you about how we went to go see the monster truck? Yeah. He was all into the monster trucks until he saw a real one that wasn't yep. even running. Yep. So sad. I get it, man. I think there was, there was one time where I was like, man, let's get her out of the house. Let's go do something. And uh, I was like, you know what? Bowling's fun, you know, especially the one at Synergy. They got all the crazy lights mm-hmm. and, and the different stuff. All she has to do is walk and push the ball off and whatnot. Yeah didn't even give a shit i was like yeah give me two hours for me and her and you know bought food and all this shit we go sit down and she pushes it once she's like fuck this i like those games and she like that's cool though like crying fighting throwing a fit because like i was like i paid for two fucking hours now the food's coming over here we gotta wait for the food to get over here like we'll go play games just give me a break you know what i mean it's like nah fuck that was that the synergy in midland odessa odessa the new one yeah, or newer one. Yeah, I almost got in a fight at the one in uh, Midland. Oh yeah, we were playing laser tag, and uh, I think I think Heather was pregnant at the time with with Graham probably, 
and my brother uh, Noodle and I were playing, and we were doing like Call of Duty like stuff. Like you know, you can like check your high scores and shit like that, and like who was yeah. leading. And it was like the first game, I think I had high score. The second game, he had high score. And the third game, we went back through, and this kid, he could have been older than like fifteen. I don't know what he was thinking, like, but he straight up charged me, like running at me like he was going to tackle me. And my pregnant wife was standing behind me. And I remember like picking him up, like, you know, like in the movie, the bully picks up like the kid, yeah. and, like slams it in the lockers. I basically did that to him. Like picked him up and like the guard, like who was watching everything, like looked at me <laughs> and was like, set him down real slow. And he just walked off. Uh huh. I thought for sure I was gonna get like in a fight over that. I he just, dude uh, he came like he came charging at us for like no reason. Like this is fucking laser tag, bro. Like what are you doing? <laughs> oh man, that's weird. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this, this is laser tag, dude. This isn't like fucking UFC. Who knows? Maybe he was gonna go for a takedown. Well, that's what yeah. I thought he was. That's what I thought he was trying to do, like fucking knife me or something, like yeah, a laser, my laser knife. Save yeah, <laughs> save my ammo. Get my laser knife out. Oh man, there's go karts here. I don't know if you. I don't think they were here whenever you were here. They were not here when I was there. They they are very Wait, at, at Synergy. No, not at Synergy. It's different. Oh. Yeah, it's down the road from Synergy, but. uh Oh, when like, I was there, all they had there was Synergy. There was like a burger place at that little shopping center there by it. I know one of them used to be a burger place or like a meat market, I think. Uh, there was and the then there was the Chris Kyle. Kyle. Maybe. Then there was the Chris Kyle monument, and that was all that was there on that strip. Oh, you're talking about the one in Odessa? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah the hamburger station. Yeah. That's all yeah. that was there when I was there. Yeah, now, the, now there's a Bahama Bucks out there, which is highly, uh, not, I was going to say highly overrated, it wasn't the word, it's it's very nice, because there's only like one Bahama Bucks in Midland, one in Odessa, and they that are. That one's always packed. Walls. What's so, the like, other, the, the Tropical Cafe, that place is good. The fuck is, oh, like a smoothie place? The smoothie place? Dude. Oh, I've never been. Oh, you got to go there, man. That place I'm has. smoothie guy. Okay, but you don't have even if you don't get a smoothie, they have badass sandwiches there. Okay. Badass sandwiches the there. Smoothie Factory. I think it's Smoothie Factory, the one off Briarwood by GameStop. Growing up, like I would go there all the time. There's this cute chick that worked there. So I would get like a large fucking smoothie and tip really well. And then like I'd finish like that much of the smoothie. Be like, okay, fuck. I'm not a big smoothie person. Just I don't I don't know. The smoothies are excellent, but their sandwiches are also yeah. To be fair, I really shouldn't comment on that. I haven't been there in over three years, so they might be terrible now. But they were Hmm. really good, and they were right down the road from where I lived, so Hmm. perfect. You want to hear something wild? Yes, always. I think I might go on a plant-based diet for a month. Why? I saw this documentary on Netflix called The Game Changers. Okay. You seen that? No. It's fucking crazy. You should check it out. I just want to do it as an experiment and see how like how I feel on it. You know what I mean? I've seen I've seen a lot of people, um, like specifically rugby players who do it once a, a week. 
Yeah. They do one. They do one vegan day a week. I thought about doing that. This kind of helps your your system apparently. Like, let's say you know three nights a week, you know Monday through Wednesday, or whatever you eat lots of red meat or whatever, and then on Thursday you go all vegan. It's going to help kind of cleanse you out a little bit. So yeah, no, they're, they're, they they interviewed a lot of people in it. The whole documentary is ran by um, I don't know if you remember the Ultimate Fighter, Team USA versus Team UK. Was that Hendo versus Bisping? It was Bis. Was it Hendo? I know Bisping was for sure the coach. I don't think it was Hendo. It would make a lot of sense to have Henderson, because I know Henderson and Bisping coached each other. Because all they could talk about was Henderson was like, remember what I did to you last time? Like, Yeah, I think you might be right. USA versus UK coaches. Yeah, it was Hendo. Then, yes, I do remember that season very well. Well, anyways, the the guy who won, um, fuck, what the hell is his name? The winner, all right. I can't remember his name right now. Um, he went on this documentary, uh, or he started this whole thing. Um, I think he met somebody. He met somebody that like went on a plant based diet, and then. He started just diving further and further and further into it, interviewing all these people. Fucking, uh, dude, there was this Olympian. She was like 39 years old and switched to a plant-based diet and then like immediately went and won gold. And like, they're just talking about all these different things uh, and like that it does. And like the hoaxes of like what people have, like the the mindset of like, you have to have red meat or, or chicken or whatever to get your proteins that you can get it from. You know, just doing plant based and like what's the pros and cons of everything and and all that shit. And so I was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot, you know, because why not? You know, I've always been a person that was like, oh, fuck vegetarian and all that shit, fuck vegan and fucking, I might as well try it once if I'm going to sit there and bash it so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I don't know, man. I went vegetarian for a while, like two months, three months, maybe, mm-hmm. like years and years ago. And I remember the first thing I was like, I got tired of man. And I had some. It's chicken. gonna be really hard to oh, make. I, I mean, like, I well, love not, cheese. Hang on, you're not doing this till after the trip, though, right? Oh yeah, I'm waiting till after the trip. Okay, I was like, I swear to God, if I got to do like vegan food when you're there. Nah, nah, I was. I'm not gonna do that to you guys. So yeah, we're doing it after the trip. Um, but I mean, you went vegetarian, this, this, the vegan, the, the whole plant base is like pure vegan. So like, can't even have milk, which fucking blows. I can't even have honey, cheese. You can't have like, anything made by animals, dude. Dude, it sucks. But it's like, I, I talk shit about it so much, you know, I might as well try it and see if the benefits are actually true for itself. You know what I mean? Hell, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in that, on that one. And he's like predominantly plant-based now you know so yeah he's, he's not 100 percent plant-based i promise you right i'm sorry i'm saying he didn't say he was 100 percent, but he that's, was like that's the thing. i don't i'm not against people that do that stuff but then if you do that you have to take supplements and everything too yeah but also i mean like in that documentary they're saying you know like a lot of the arguments for like meat is like b12 well 
they're saying that as much as um like for meat eaters they're only getting about half the b12 that their body needs and right. people who are you know you end up having to take supplements in it anyways because you know back then there was a lot of b12 in the the dirt there's a lot of b12 in, in the the water well now all of our water is like super filtered all the dirt yeah. and all that has all these these pesticides and stuff like that if you want to be where you want to be on b12 you have to take b12 supplements anyways even if you're a meat eater you know and there was just a lot of things it was like you know it's kind of interesting the way to look at it so i was like fuck it i'm gonna give it a shot it's not so, gonna hurt i guess yeah it's not gonna hurt anything at the end of the my, day I my thing with that is those diets are just so hard to, to keep up with unless you're That's, completely committed they're so hard to keep up with that most people wind up quitting within a couple weeks yeah so that's see, why i quit vegetarian I, I just couldn't do it man like well that's why i said like a month you know what i mean so like a month is four weeks you know if i yeah. go a couple of weeks it's halfway there there's people in that documentary that's like you know they think you you think that you have to sit here and do a whole plant-based diet and you start feeling it within a month or two months they're like dude i felt it in a couple of days like i just felt better yeah, you probably will so it was like fuck it, why not you especially know? with your eating habits you probably will yeah see that's and there was one where they like took all these firefighters and you know you know firefighters most of the leading cause of deaths of firefighters is heart attack and shit like that blah blah, blah. and they showed you know like this is what your healthy arteries supposed to look like this is what your guys arteries look like and it was actually kind of fucking scary because it looked like a fucking coffee straw well, compared to like a yeah that's, that's because they're they're eating on the go so much it's they're yeah. eating whatever they can real quick yeah and uh so like they went and they're like look guys we're gonna give you all this stuff like this is all plant-based it's gonna be enough to supplement every single one of you guys for seven days just do us a you know favor just do this quick challenge just just do you don't have to buy anything just eat it right yeah and uh there was a guy his i don't know what the word for it or the term for it was but his cholesterol was at like a 275 something like that and I guess it was pretty bad because everybody was like, holy fuck, dude, like, oh, you gotta stop eating Oreos. Firefighters and go home, just, just, all right. That seven day challenge, he was at like a 160. So he dropped like 115 points. Like, it was incredible. Dang. You know, uh, so I was like, fuck it, you know, whatever. We give it a shot. Yeah. There, I mean, there's definitely benefits to it. I just think it's, it's not unrealistic, obviously, because people do it. Yeah. I just think that it's sort of one of those deals for me personally. It's got to be one of those things in moderation where I wouldn't yeah. be happy only eating those foods. Like for me, it's a lot easier to get my amount of protein out of a steak or some chicken or, you know what I mean? Like it's easier for me to do it that way. So, yeah. and I like the way it tastes a lot better. That is true. But it, I mean, a while back, I was even already looking at how to do like vegan barbecue stuff just because my brother in law, he, he's there, vegetarian. There's definitely stuff out there. So, I mean, I'm going to start having to do shit like that because, I mean, barbecue. Well, send, is me, shit. send me any recipes you get that uh, you like. Well, so I saw this one guy, he did trumpet mushrooms for pulled pork. And the way he did it, like, it doesn't fucking count. He like threw them on the stove and like, and like put them on a propane grill and shit like that and i was just like what are you it doesn't even make any sense like you know that's I mean? not how that works that's so that's not uh, 
I like the idea because the only two things that people have done for pulled pork, vegan pulled pork, was jackfruit and trumpet mushrooms. And the yeah. jackfruit. You want, you want to know disgusting. what kind of substitution there is for pulled pork? Was that none? Yeah. There isn't one. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only two I found people doing. The jackfruit just looks terrible. It looks like you see that. You know what a jackfruit is? I know what jackfruit is. Yeah. You seen the inside of the damn thing? Yeah. Looks like something out of the movie Alien, dude. Like, that's disgusting. Like, and people eat that shit, like, that's terrible. Is and that the I one? Like mushrooms, so. Wait, is that... What's the one that's really stinky? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. This fruit that smells terrible. I was watching um, the Rugby Explorer with Jim Hamilton. And uh, he goes to some, I want to say it's like Hong Kong, I think he goes to. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes there and he, because apparently like he got invited to a dinner and he was trying to bring a gift for the dinner. And they said, oh, go get this fruit or whatever. So he goes and gets this fruit and they cut it open for him. So he could like tell what it is. And it just apparently stinks to fucking high heaven. And uh, he goes to get in a taxi so he can go over to the dinner. And the guy was like, no, 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 no. He goes, that fruit's illegal in public transportation. They're like, you can't put it in taxis. You can't put it what in trains fuck? or boats. Like, you ha- you can't do it. So he had to, like, bag it up and, like, roll it up in the window outside of the car and drive across town like that. You know what? During, I'm assuming that's what it is. And it looks just like a jackfruit, but smaller. Yeah. That might be what I'm thinking of then. It has to be because I searched stinky fruit and that's literally the only thing that pops up and it says why people love durian, the banned fruit that smells like gym socks. Yeah. Gotta be it. It's gotta be it. But anyway, that's what made me think of that. So Yeah. Okay, so anyway, back to uh, now that we've taken a twenty minute detour on um vegan food and stinky fruit. We should get it's back right. to the guilt guiltinis uh and Atlanta. Yeah, so anyways, Giltinis. What, what do you won. think? Do you think Giltinis will repeat next year? Mm, it's hard to say until we can see like who's getting who this coming year. They um two of their star players retired. Yes, I saw that. Adam Ashley Cooper and Matt Ghetto both retired and those are their two best players yeah Minus, well angus cottrell might be their best player but he might stick around because he's still like only 31 or 32 i think but cooper ghetto yeah, were old it's kind of I, I don't know i think it's kind of hard to see or say how they're going to do next year because we really have no idea what's going to happen with team movements or new signings or anything yeah. like that hopefully we'll have an idea after this I'm, week, I'm honestly kind started. of worried about about our guys. Oscar Austin? Yeah. Was that? I don't know who we're going to be keeping. I don't know if we have to give players back. I don't know if Mooneyham's yeah. going to be leaving. He might be going back to Dallas. I I don't know. Who? Um, Connor. Oh, Mooneyham. Yeah, he might be leaving. Uh, Frank Halai is old. He's probably leaving. Um, I don't know about Wapa. He's getting pretty old too. I mean, props can play a little bit longer, but he's he's getting pretty old. So I know Mason Peterson's had a lot of options to go other places, and I think he's from California, so he might want to go to San Diego or LA. Okay. So 
especially because he didn't start this year. So if someone offers him an option to start, he might leave. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried for the boys. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Mooneyham was one of my biggest ones is him going back to Dallas. The thing is, man, like, he's a rookie. so He's only going to get better. Oh, yeah. He is one-tenth of what he's going to be in a couple years. Mm -hmm. So. He's had a great year, too, man. He made it all the way to the Eagles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, mean, their training squad, but he made it all the way to an Eagles call-up. After one year in the MLR. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wild. I hope we don't have to give him back, but, you know, next year we do have Dallas coming back in. Hopefully this time for reals. Hopefully this time for real. And then hopefully next season we'll have uh, Mexico and Hawaii joining in. Joining us in the MLR? Joining the MLR. Because the I MLR, are, they already said... Because they already went there, they checked them out, and they were like, give us your plan. And MLR is basically like, okay, you're not quite ready yet. They go, take a season, do some planning, get some money put together, figure out your stadium, your team, figure everything out. We'll talk next year. So, and Mexico, they've already been putting stuff together. I know they 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 play a lot of... Do what? Mexico has their own league. Right, but it's kind of like... Um, they're kind of like Germany, where they don't really have any pro players. They have a few pro players, I mean. But their 15 squad doesn't qualify for World Cup or anything like that. Their sevens is... Their sevens almost qualified, I think. They were in... Um, do you remember, like, two months ago, they were having all these, like, weird elimination matches and they're mostly like teams from like Switzerland and then it was all of a sudden it was like Mexico and Honduras were playing like really like countries you don't think of when you think of rugby they were all playing so they're basically like making up the second tier sevens squads so they're on the brink of starting I think you know what I mean yeah it's starting to take off down there, which is great for them because they're so into soccer, which is how like Argentina got so good was everybody down there wants to play soccer. But since obviously not everybody can, some of them transitioned to rugby and Argentina looked pretty fucking good. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's always good whenever people are starting to play more rugby. And it was cool to see that there was a South American league that started up, I think, last year. Um, and so Mexico to be joining in would be pretty dope. Hawaii, I just wonder how long that's going to be be a thing, just because how expensive it's going to be for people to no, fly the games. And... No, it'd be locals that would be supporting that, and then you'll get... So, okay. You've seen um, the story of rugby, right? Yeah. Okay, so most of that documentary is explaining how rugby is in like a white elitist sport. That's still mostly true even here in America. Most of the pe- most people there can afford to go over there for that. 
the owners of these clubs can afford to go over there for that. Like, mm-hmm. there's money to be made there. It's kind of it's almost like Vegas, where if you're there, like, and you see, oh hey, there's a rugby game going on at the stadium. Tickets are twenty bucks, thirty bucks, whatever. Why wouldn't you take your family there to try something out? If you're on vacation, like try something new. Of course you're gonna go. The Islanders, I mean, they all they love that stuff, dude. Like that's because they're fucking amazing at it. So it's I think it would work really well there. And MLR said they were really close to getting a team. I think it'd be great. Speaking of uh, Vegas and rugby, so we know that Ireland's playing the USA on October 13th. Is that right? Well, well, they play the All Blacks, too, I think, after that. In Washington on the 20th. Yeah. So, it turns out... Love how how we're going to get smoked twice on home soil. (laughs) Yeah. Why couldn't we play someone like Tonga or Samoa so we can, like, Keep it, you know, like a, yeah, it'd be like a 30 to like 25 game, you know, it'd be close. Like, but no, we're going to go play the All Blacks and just get out because the All Blacks are not going to send their B squad. They're going to send Bowden Barrett and Damian McKenzie and all the, well, all the Barrett brothers. Because they all want to come to America and party, dude. So they're going to come over here and just absolutely trash us. Yeah. We need to win the lottery before the end of August. All right. Scratchers are like real lottery. It doesn't either way. Somehow we can get enough money to go to Washington. Scratchers are the best bet, I think. Probably. It's just slow rolling, winning five dollars at a time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I don't, I, I know someone that won a. Uh, they won like a hundred grand on it. They split it, so they each ended up buying like brand new cars with it. Yeah, it's it's possible. It's possible. I never play, not even scratch us. I just don't do it. Man, when Heather and I got married, we went on a cruise, right? Because we were like, all right, we're going to get married on the cruise. And then we're already on our honeymoon. Right? (laughs) Perfect. It was great. We paid for it all ourselves, dude. Like nobody was invited. Like, so we basically eloped with our family's permission. Because everybody we talked to, they were like, yeah, my biggest regret is spending all that money on my wedding. So, like, we're like, all right, cool. We'll do it our own way. Anyway, they had a casino on the cruise. And uh, the first thing we did, we go there and they give you, like, I guess the package we bought or whatever. They gave us, like, a couple hundred bucks in the casino. Like, cool, we did some slots. and I think we won, like, 600 bucks. So I went and spent that money. Most of it on scratchers and then like some more casino stuff. And after we got down to like a zero balance, <laughs> we were like, all right, <laughs> we're done. So we won 600 bucks or 700 bucks, whatever it was, and then we lost all of it. It's terrible. You Absolutely terrible. Money. At least we didn't actually spend like our money on it. Yeah, I guess it was winning. So it was all winning. So yeah. It was free money that we got to spend in the casino. We won money and then blew all that money. Fuck. Yeah, terrible. Especially as a young couple, you know, we could have used that money on something, but uh, gambling was more fun. 
<laughs> oh. Um. So yeah, I guess long story short, I have no idea what LA's gonna do next year, especially in the MLR, man. It's been such a like roller coaster ride. If you would ask me at the beginning of the season, I'd have been like, "Yeah, for sure, LA's gonna go and win." And then at the middle, towards the end, I'm like, "I don't know." Yeah, I'm not so sure. But then they got to the finals, and it was like, "Yeah, that's the old LA." Yeah, there they are. We found yep. them. They're back. Giltini's are back. <laughs> yep. They're like, look, like Adam Asher Cooper, Matt Ghetto. You got to play one more game. All right. One more good game. Like, all right, we got one more game left in the tank. And Rugby Network did them dirty, too. The Giltinis? Yeah. Oh, on Instagram? I saw it on Facebook. Where they were oh, like, it's social champions. media. Yeah, here's your champions. And it's fucking two Giltini players and like this, you know. Super short crop top and like. Oh, just, I saw that. Uh, I was like, oh, the, man. the Gillies, the Gillies thing, man. Yeah, and like these really short shorts, and like you could see this dude just slump, yeah. just going all the way. I'm just like, that was, hey, uh, that's that was Ghetto and Cooper. That's what I'm saying. They did them dirty, man. It's like, how no, do they love that? they love that stuff, dude. Those are old school rugby players. They love that stuff. That's how they came up playing. They're Not all about it. America's like, look at these fucking clowns. They're all no, they not see rugby. Tom Brady like that. You're not gonna see Odell like that. Tom Brady's over here making out with his kids, dude. I don't think anyone's concerned ah, about Adam Ashley Cooper. It's, it's not harsh. harsh. I saw the video. It's not harsh. I He's saw the video. Nice I don't know the video. Have you about. have you seen the video? Oh, no, it's, it's disgusting. Not. It's gross. You really haven't seen the video? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so Tom, this is a couple years ago. Tom Brady's like laying on a table. He's like getting a, a sports massage, like like deep tissue, like an actual, not like a like a, not one of those massages. Um, he's getting like massage. a. I got you. He's, wink, get, he's wink. getting like, yeah, not one of them wink wink massages. Happy <laughs> endings. You know? He's uh he's actually getting like worked on or whatever, and his kid comes over, and he's like, hey buddy, like you know, give me a kiss or whatever. Kid comes over, gives him a peck. And the kid goes to walk away. He's like, no, no, come back. Give me a real one. Dude, and he has, he makes that poor kid like plant one on him and like hold it. It's a little weird. Because it's not like a two, it's not like a two year old. It's like a seven year old. It's a little much. Well, I like, well, I don't know. I don't try to, I don't kiss my kids on the lips. If I don't have, like, I just, it's, see, it's hard not to. Like, I do I'm every now and then. I do every now and then. Mine are two and five, and I don't. Mm-hmm. My five-year-old is only if he is, if he asks for a kiss. It's like if mm-hmm. he's feeling like he needs affection or whatever, needs attention, like then he'll get like a little tiny, like little peck, you know, yeah. like. But he's getting to the age where it's like, hey, buddy. Like, you know, it's like you said, it's going to be forehead or cheek real soon. But Baylor, he's two and he's adorable. So, yeah, now like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm forehead, cheek. When I asked my daughter for a kiss, she's like, oh, yeah, on the lip. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll give you a little peck there. But yeah. It's, when they're little kids, different. But when they're seven, eight, yeah, you know, I know. Older, I was trying to think of like, 
Nah, it, this video, man, if you see it, it's it's weird. I'll watch it, it later. It's I'll send it to you because it's don't weird. send me videos like that. I gotta turn on VPN. I don't want government tracking me back to watching Tom it's Brady on, make it's, it's on YouTube, all right? It's not like <laughs> see type in Tom Brady makes that with son. There it is. Eleven. The kid's eleven. That sounds so terrible, man. Because the kid's eleven, that's why it sounds terrible. Oh, the whole thing, like just saying Tom Brady makes out with kid. Well, I mean, it's essentially what happens. Everybody's just trying to find a way to hate on the dude that's just dominant. Hey, he might be a good quarterback, but he's a fucking weirdo, all right? <laughs> Doesn't take away from him being the best quarterback ever. You can be the goat and a weirdo at the same time, all right? You can do both. You watching it? Yeah. Let me know what you think. Dude, that's sick. Yes. The kid gives him a peck and he walks away. He gets all the way to the door and he's like, no, no, no. Get back here. Come on, maybe man. His, maybe his PR agent was like, man, show more affection to your kids, you know? So, and then he was like, don't come give me a kiss, you know? Like, he, maybe he's just, like, really bad at, at this whole PR shit, you know? I don't think so, man. Tom Brady's been around the league for a long time. He knows what's up. I mean, he, he show, showed his golden dick on Ted 2. That's true. I mean... That, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that, that was pretty funny yeah actually after watching that movie i was like you know what tom brady's not so bad then this video came out and i was like you know what i don't <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> yeah i don't like him i fucking knew it <laughs> yeah <laughs> there was something weird about that guy <laughs> It'd be like me on week two, or I'm doing this plant based dialogue. I fucking knew it. <laughs> you're gonna be, dude. You're gonna be so angry. I think. I don't think oh, you're gonna try to make it work. Is uh, is beer vegan? Shut up. You're gonna have to look that up. You're gonna have to look that up. Let's see. Government warnings. No, don't say anything about being non-vegan, so I think we're good. Yeah, but usually uh, they tell you when they are vegan. That's the problem. Just kidding. What the fuck would be? It's hops. It's like fucking wheat. It's not just hops. Okay, it is vegan friendly. You were good. Thank you. Okay, here are beers suitable for vegans. So you know. Already tell me that this one's good. So if this one's good, chances are they all are. Right. Not necessarily. You'd be surprised, man. Like if they use like honey, like certain kinds of sugars. Oh yeah, Texas honey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like there are things in there if they put different ingredients in there that are. I'm not going that far. I'm just doing the vegan food thing. All right. I'll drink I'm, whatever the fuck hey, I want. I'll letting, drink bacon grease. I'll drink bacon grease. All right. Here's the I'm deal: just, you're about to have, you're about to have a whole bunch of mead when you come on this trip. 
That's fine. Just make Not some of that. Much. Make some of that honey. Yeah, I'll, yeah, let me make some honey wine without any fucking honey. <laughs> Smart. It's the worst kind of mead ever. Yeah. Let's go buy some beer from the store, pour it in one of my bottles, and be like, this is mead. There you go. <laughs> Not going to happen. Sorry, we haven't talked to like hardly any rugby in damn near an hour. Because there's only two games to go over, John. There's not a lot right, to go Right, but the Lions has a lot to go over. All right, well, you know what? Y'all know the Guillotini's won. We've already said it like five times. Uh, let's go into the British and Irish Lions. Fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. They got crushed. Yeah, like they lost, second. what is it, 27 to 9? Yeah, they didn't score a point in the second half. They absolutely got smoked. Robbie Henshaw almost scored. But Sio Khaleesi got his hand underneath that ball. Yeah. Held smooth, it up. dude. That shit was smooth. That's why he's the captain of the box, man. Sio Khaleesi is the real deal. Yeah, that shit was smooth. I don't know. I mean, they look like they got worked on that one. I think it was the... I honestly but that game believe, was fucking crazy. Dude. I... I honestly believe it was the changes they made to the starting lineup. They, everyone was like, they all can't, everybody came out of the woodwork for some reason and was like, oh, Allie Price's kicks were just a little bit too long on that kick chase. Connor Murray comes in, his kicks were just, were actually just a little bit too far for all of his chasers. I don't know what it was with the Lions, but even on like fast kicks, those mm-hmm. dudes couldn't catch a high ball to save their gun to their head, catch this high ball, they're all getting murdered. None of them could catch that damn ball. Anthony Watson had probably five knock-ons out of that. It was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Maybe they just partied too hard after winning the last match, the last test, and so they're like, we got it. Dude, I think that was probably part of it. They went out there, they 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 beat the Springboks. Yeah, they beat the Springboks the first match. They're like, oh, because I think statistically, it's the team that wins the first match wins like 80% of the series. Yeah. So they went out there, beat the Springboks, and they were like, oh, we got this. Like, they're going, oh, second half, they're going to tire out. Like, we're going to beat the shit out of them. Like, mm-hmm. we got this easy. They slept on them, man. They slept on them, and they got handled, <clears throat> dude. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, dude, the game started off fucking crazy. There were almost fights, like, in the first, like, minute and a half. Alan Wynn-Jones and uh, Eben Etzebet, they were fucking going at it, dude. I was like, old man is going to fucking beat this dude, which so, realistically, fights, no. So we know that there was a whole thing with Sink and... Um, Mostert. Mostert. Well, he didn't bite him, though. It looked, on the zoom-in replay, it looked like he maybe could have... I couldn't see shit. But I couldn't exactly like it looked like his arm was in the right like oh his arm is by his mouth. Like well like the whole argument was like oh he came at up and like checked his arm immediately and then so called maybe his arm like, got bent in something maybe his arm got pinched like yeah to say that he bit him is extreme 
when there were so many other things. I couldn't see Sinclair doing that. I can't see Sink fighting anybody. And then they were like, oh, well, Hockey bit um, LaRue. So that was was the second one. It was like no, 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 no. I watched, I watched the video seriously probably thirty times. So, and as someone who's done like mixed martial arts and boxing and stuff like that, Hoggy came in to defend his teammate because Larue and the Springboks were kind of they were doing their normal Springbok thing. They were being aggressive. Hoggy came in, he got the dude's arm, and if you're going to a fight, the first thing you do is you put your head down and you duck into somebody. He put his head down and he ducked into him so he couldn't get knocked the fuck out by one of those big, aggressive, mean fucking South African dudes. Yeah, controlled like, the arm and he pushed him out. Yeah, controlled the arm, put his head down and pushed his body weight into him. That's all he did. And they're like, oh, he bit him. And Huggy was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so like in the picture for like people who haven't seen it or in the video, they like – I hate how – People will try to twist anything into whatever it is. They take a screenshot. Repeating or reporting like what actually happened. So this dude, you know, he's pretty much in an altercation. He's fighting, right? So he, you know, you see him dip his head. He closes his eyes. He grits his teeth. He grabs him by the arm and I think the back of the head. And he starts pushing this guy out of the scuffle. And then once they're clear, he just shoves him off. Well, as he dips his head, you see him grit his teeth in his eyes. It looks like, you know, the arms right next to his mouth and everybody's like, oh, he fucking bit him. And it's like, no, dude, he's like, yeah, he definitely did not bite anyone that's ever been in a physical, not even like an altercation, but like you think something is going to happen. Like that's the stance that you're in. Like anyone that's played a contact sport could tell that that was not a bite situation. Like even Willie LaRue, who supposedly was bitten, didn't say a word about it. Yeah, I mean, but like just like this whole the, his whole facial feature and everything that people's like, yeah, he's definitely biting down. I was like, okay, well, when you brace for a tackle, you know, a lot of people assume right before they hit, they grip their teeth and close their eyes. Yep. Right. You know, when he you was see, bracing like, for a hit, heavy shit. Sometimes they fucking grip their teeth and close their fucking eyes. Like. Yep. People fucking do that, you know? Yeah. And just it was because a, his arm yeah. just happened to be in front of his fucking mouth, you know, and he's gritting his teeth and closing his eyes doesn't mean he's fucking... Dude, there's so many, like, accusations against the Lions, and they lost. And they lost badly, too. Like, you know? It really and there were so many close. altercations against the Lions, like, long after they already lost. It's like, what are you trying to do here? That's why on Facebook, I was like, yeah, at this point, it feels like a conspiracy to make sure they don't win the third one. Yeah. Because it was like... Y'all well, are I think won. what are you trying to like, you know, what I think happened is two weeks ago, uh, Ben O'Keefe, who was the referee for the Lions in the second test match, this most recent game, he was the referee in France versus Australia. He's the one that red carded uh, Corey Obetti in the first three or four minutes, whatever it was for the tackle for the high shot that wasn't high. So he's he gave him a red card. Two days later, it goes to the sanction for World Rugby. World Rugby overturns it, and they go, no, it's not a red card. So basically, Ben O'Keefe looks like a dipshit in front of the entire rugby world, right? So he's over here going, great. Like, if I give anybody the red a red card now, like, now it's going to be second-guessed. It's going to be questioned. So his mental status going to that game is he's panicked. He He's afraid to give a red card. So what happens? Cheslin Colby goes out there, fucking 
high shots yeah. Ben Curry. <laughs> he high shots Ben Curry head to head, and he bounces off of him. Does it doesn't hurt Ben Curry at like whatsoever. Like Cheslin Colby comes up the bloody nose looking like shit. At the end yeah. of the day, though, he head to head contacted him with a bad tackle. That's reckless head to head. That's a red card. Like because it, let's say that was a flanker or a prop or a lock. Yeah, do the same. They thing. would have fucking killed Ben. Well, not probably killed him, but they, I mean, they would have hurt Ben Curry. I mean, he's he's the same size as them. But if that's a dangerous shot, it's a dangerous shot, right? So, right there, that should have been red card number one at the very least. Yellow Wait, are card. Are you saying Ben Curry? Oh, sorry. I think his brother Tom Curry. Yeah, Tom Curry. I don't. I don't like his name Ben. I just. I don't know. I was trying to think like. One of the Curry brothers, they look <laughs> fucking identical. So, sorry, Tom Curry. Whatever. It should have been a red card against Colby. <laughs> fucking right there. Yellow at the least for that. So then, later in the game, Colby goes out there and he absolutely takes Connor Murray out, like, way in the air. Way, way in the air. The dude comes down and he kind of braces himself his hand, but he hits his like face first in the dirt. And they're like, oh, well, he landed on his back and it wasn't intentional. <laughs> so he's going to get a yellow. And I was like, what? I think it was uh, it was Andy Good or Alex Good. It's one of the goods. Fuck, I'm, my names are all messed up today. But he was like, yeah, if his face is part of his back, then sure, he landed on his back. So that should have been a red card right there, too. So Cheslin Colby literally avoided two red cards in the same game and got one yellow. Uh, Duhan gets fucking yellowed for kicking out at the ball late. It was I, pretty I bad. I that was probably a trip. I think he was kicking for the ball, but he was way, way late. Like, in his head, he went kick it, and by the time his body, like, he went to kick it. It had already been picked up and moved, and he just tripped him. And so, yeah, that, that's a yellow for sure. So he got sent off. Yeah, I mean, like, on that one, like, at the angle you see real time when it was happening, like, you would have thought, like, yeah, he's, it looked like he was kicking for the ball. Yeah. And then as soon as I it's saw the dude get tripped, and you see the, the ref go and point and so, stuff like that. I, just from my experience, I have tried kicking a loose ball. And... uh it went just about as bad as that because you don't, you're only looking at the ball. You're not looking at who's coming in to grab the ball. You're only looking at the ball. So if he is in his head and he's a step back from it, he goes, I'm going to fucking boot that thing to the field. You're only focused on that, you know, little egg right in front of you. So he's not looking at whoever was going to pick it up. So, but again, it, it deserved yellow because he tripped somebody. He did. That's, you know, right call. He Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fair. Yeah, it was fair. He tripped somebody. It was a kick. So, yeah, that's fair. Yellow card. But then Faf the Clerk goes over there and absolutely <laughs> launches himself. He did the same thing. Jumped up in the air. Shoulder checked. Con was it Connor Murray, I think? Uh, okay, I don't, I don't think he launches. I think he just straight. He hit Connor Murray. Yeah, in the head, With but no, no that's tackle, straight no shoulder to jaw, straight like, shoulder to the jaw, and they were like, nope, nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, well, then even uh, Duan again, when he picked up um, 
Steph Tatoy, he kind of had a dump tackle, kind of like Hamish Watson avoided in the first game. He dumped Steph Tatoy on his head, and Steph Tatoy ended up leaving a few minutes later for a HIA, and he didn't come back. So, I mean, that also could have been a card. Yeah. That he, avoided. I mean, he got yellow carded later, but, I mean, it wasn't for that one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it it was a brutal fucking match. Yeah, like, there there was lots of jersey tugging at the scrum, at the scrum at the rucks. Uh, there was Maratoje was kneeling kneeling on uh, Dialende, which I thought was he was literally was on the dude's chest for like two seconds. And everyone was like, he's kneeling on his neck. And I was like, he was there for like two seconds, and then he let him up. Like it's typical. You're looking at that's that's typical like forward pack slowing the ball down, slowing the rucks down. Like you hold people in. It, he wasn't trying to kill him, as South Africa has so like gone over the top. And like oh, he could have killed him. It was like chill out. Like he wasn't yeah. laying on the ground choking him out. Like he was fine. So and they put it in, like slow motion, for, like a 10 second video, and it's like that's in slow motion. In real time, that happened in like two and a half seconds. Happened really fast. And, and actually, James Haskell said it the best uh, in his book where he was saying, you know, like he thinks that the replays of questionable events should only be shown to the ref and TMO. Because once you start playing slow motion to the crowd over and over yep. and over again, they get that thing in their head like he had. So he had much 18 to seconds about to punch him in the face. You know, all this stuff. And he's like, you know, one of his yellow cards, I think it, yeah, I think it was a yellow, he like clearly high tackled the fuck out of this dude, just straight shoulder to the like nose, right? He said, but That's in my mind, you know, I went, yeah, I know. He said, in my mind, you know, I went down, I dropped it, I dropped low, and I went for the tackle. And all I heard from the crowd was just, ooh. And so I didn't know what happened. And, you know, and then I started looking at the screen and they play this over and over again of me just fucking nailing this dude in the, in the nose. He's like, and, you know, I legit thought I made a good tackle. And then I saw that and it looked bad. You know, I went and shook the hand of the guy. I stayed there and made sure he was okay. You know, yeah, I fucked yeah. up. He's like, but you start playing it over and over again. You know, the people who aren't there playing or you might even play rugby, you know, yourself. But if you're not there in that moment doing it, you, you know, know, you know, and. I guess that's kind of different with Mauro Otoje, if you want to ask me. I mean, a lot of professional rugby players probably do a little bit of dirty shit. And, you that's know, the deal. He, he didn't do anything different than Mostert would have done or Etzebeth would have done. I mean, it was he, it was so weird, though. The thing, the thing is, though, he got, caught, he got caught doing it. Yeah. That's the only difference. Yeah. The thing is, well, world, world Rugby looked at it, and they even extended the deadline from 12 hours after the match to look at everything to 24 hours, and World Rugby still didn't cite it. So if they didn't cite it, they obviously agreed that, oh, they were in a ruck, he kneeled on him for about two seconds, let him up, the dude got on top of him and threatened to punch him in the face, and they yeah. were like, and that was it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's professional rugby. I'm, I know they everybody does a little bit of dirty tricks out there. And, just to, and it's South Africa, who literally are known for bullying people, like, off the ball. That's well, what they're I mean, known like, for. And they've so always like, been for that. Yeah, so like a Toje, you know, 
him acting like he didn't, you know, he wasn't doing it. You know, sure, he might have known is what it is. He was coming in the ruck from the side, which is kind of awkward. But, like, if you look at Cheslin Colby, too, a lot of people, you know, said that that card was controversial, too, because when Murray was in the air, Cheslin Colby had his eye on the ball the whole time, and he couldn't have known Murray was right there. It's like, well, you know what you're doing. No, the, you, the buddy, rule, the you, you, is, if you know that you can't jump and make a play on that ball, you don't have any fucking right to it. Yeah. Like, if you're not in the air going for that ball, because you know that the other player is contesting that ball in the air, you know better. Like, get away from it. Yeah. Especially as Cheslin Colby, who is supposedly a top five winger in the world, you know better. Yeah. So, I mean... Or, like, the whole thing with, like, Mike Brown when he got his card and he's, you know, pretending just to, you know. Yeah. Okay, but here's the deal. Cheslin Colby isn't known to be an asshole. Mike Brown is. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I'm just making a point, like, you know. I honestly think Cheslin Colby has been very frustrated in the last two matches with the Lions. He hasn't seen much ball. He hasn't gotten really, really to do anything. He got locked down in game one by Duhan. And then game two... He didn't do much either, except for take out Connor Murray in the air and get absolutely smoked <laughs> by Curry. I thought Curry fucking stiff-armed him. When I, when I watched it in real time, I was like, oh my god. I was like, Curry just stiff-armed him to hell. And then I looked it back and I was like, oh, they headbutted each other. Uh, Cheslin should probably take some tackling lessons from uh, Fath. Yeah, from Faf, sure. He wants to take lessons from Owen. No, I mean, Faf for his size, I mean... Or his size, but Faf does I'm the same the stuff that shit. Owen Farrell yes, does. He's a great fucking tackler, you know? He does the same stuff Owen Farrell does. He just absolutely launches himself and doesn't rap. That's what he does, man. I'll agree a, to don't get now. me wrong. He's a great player. So is Owen. Neither one of them know how to tackle correctly. I will I will disagree on Faf on that that part. No, you see, Faf Faf is aggressive, and normally he's being aggressive towards other number nines at scrums. So he looks like he's. And don't get me wrong, he's gone after some big dudes and gotten some big dudes down. But I mean, typically it's just he's being aggressive to other number nines. Typically. Yeah, but like my biggest argument with Faf is like if you look at whatever he did to Nathan Hughes when Nathan Hughes played for England, and they're like, oh, I, that was years ago. I this year he was still setting Hughes all the time. Like he he's, no, I'll, he's I'll give that to Faf. That's one of my top five favorite ever things I've ever seen in my life. Faf is literally three times smaller than Nathan Hughes. Yeah, and he is, and he abs- he absolutely Hughes- puts him down. Yeah, makes it look easy, you know? Yeah. You know? And yeah, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, Faf, you know, maybe Chesson's to take a little bit of tackling lessons from Faf, you know? <laughs> Figure out how to get a little bit lower and stop him, you know, a little bit better than just... Well, especially because he's only, like, five foot seven. Like, he's already lower. Uh, oh, Cheslin? Yeah, Cheslin's a little dude. He's not very yeah. big. Like how you say five foot seven's a little guy, and I'm five foot seven. Doesn't make me feel too great. Well, I mean, to be fair though, I I'm six five, so anyone under five eleven, six foot is small to me. Yeah, so be, that's just you know. It'll be interesting coming into this this third and final match. 
just so, because now we are one and one. What do you think of the changes? So I'll, I actually have the roster pulled up here. Okay, um, you've got it pulled up. Yeah. So on the roster, um, starting at number so one, we'll go one when, through eight. When Jones is back from injury, he fucked his shoulder right. up. And that's that's why we've been having the starting lineup of Sutherland and Vunapola, which Vunapola obviously had the better game in the first game. Sutherland didn't look great in the scrums. I think he 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 had an okay game outside of I think like two scrums that were illegal scrummaging in game one. He was okay. Vunapola came in had a really good good game as a, a backup for the final thirty minutes or whatever. Looked great. Um. I think Mako and Roy Sutherland both struggled in the second game. Both gave away scrum penalties, and then Sutherland gave away the worst mall penalty I've ever seen. When he came in at the side, just out of nowhere. I mean, he he literally was sitting there watching it. Ken Owens is behind him watching. Sutherland charges in, and you can see before he even makes contact from the side, Ken Owens is like, what the fuck are you doing? Puts his hands up. He's like, what? No. Like, what are you doing? You're giving away a free penalty. Like, they had them stopped. And then Rory Sutherland came in and gave away just an absolutely ridiculously easy penalty. You know better. I know better than that in a club game. So he's got to know better than that. Yeah. So he literally, I think, and I honestly think it was just he got in his own head because he's playing at the highest stage. He, I know he was hurt for so long for Scotland. He missed out on like three years of Scotland camp because of injury. And then he finally makes it back, I think just this year. Finally comes back, or maybe the end of last year, but just came back basically. He gets called up to Lions, and then he doesn't play to expectations. I think he got in his own head. But now that Wynn Jones is back, I think that's really going to shore up scrum sorry so, and then uh is kawanicki at two um so we have loose head we have win jones uh hooker is uh, ken owens okay ken o- so kawanicki's on the bench then i'll get there when i get there john well, sorry I'm, well it but it makes a difference though the hookers make a big difference because yeah Cowan Dickey has typically played off the bench as an impact player because he's so good around the field. Yeah. So it's not his lineouts aren't great. They're good. They're not great, but he's better known as a ball carrier. You know, they get the penalty on the five meter yeah. line. He's taking that tap and go. They're not kicking to the corner. He's taking tap and go. Yeah. He's I mean, more he's, aggressive. Uh, we, he, he's also really good off the mall too. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. He, in the final 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, that's where he's going to shine. As a starter, that's why everyone was kind of like, why is he starting? Like, he doesn't even start for England. You know, Jamie George is the England starter, and they bring on Cowan Dickey in the final 30 minutes and let him finish. Yeah. So everybody was a little bit confused by that. You know, why are you bringing Ken Owens on in the final 30 to have him finish? He's not known for that. Yeah. Yeah, we got Ken Owens at Hooker. uh, At tie head, we have Tad Furlong. Uh, four, Maro Atoje, five, Alan Wynn Jones, six, Courtney Laws, seven, Tom Curry, eight, Jack Conan. Yeah. So there's your fours. I, I honestly think the starting front eight, that's the way it should be. 
I don't know. I was thinking maybe I mean Courtney Courtney Laws, maybe have him as a run on. Yeah, I I would argue maybe. Um, again, I'm biased here. Um, I think Hamish Watson is being unfairly punished for his potential yellow card. Um, I think things didn't work out very well in the second test. I think Hamish Watson needs to be as a ball carrier and he's on a hundred percent tackle rate for the last like two years. You need to get him involved. Yeah. Some, I would, somehow yeah, I would agree. maybe probably put Hamish Watson in and then have Courtney laws. Uh, yeah. I would uh, say you could play Courtney. small ball with, you could have Curry and Watson start the game because they're so they're all over the field. Like, and they've proved, and both of them, they're not the hugest guys out there. They're both a seven size, but they've both proven that size doesn't count when it comes to flanker, and they could do that. You could have Courtney come on because Courtney can play second row or back row. So if something happens and you need another second row, bring him on. You need another flanker, bring him on. You know, he's versatile. You can have him on. Having Curry and Watson start at the same time means your lineout options are a little bit lesser, but at the same time, you've got Alan Wynn Jones, Atoje, and Conan who can jump. It's three guys right there. It's not like you're lacking. So I mean Yeah. I would just the reason why I say Courtney Laws um as a run on it, because he's also another person like Bundy Key that could just punch through, you know, that they, they can yeah, make yeah, he can. You know, and so to put somebody like that on at the end, running on wherever, you know, you got some tired guys out there, you got these yeah. impact players like Courtney Laws and Bunny Aki that can just, just punch through the defense. Uh, that's what I would say. That's why I would say he's a run on, you know what I mean? And, and also about Courtney. I would rather have him at the end to use that, that energy he has just to fucking start punching through the defense. Yep. The other thing about Courtney is he's a slow starter. He isn't, he, as a ball carrier, he's not fast. Like he's tall and lanky, so he's not going to be busting through tackles at the five minute mark. You know what I mean? He does need someone to be a little bit slower and to miss the first tackle. He isn't, he's not known, he, he's a great defender. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Spider can fucking bang. Um, yeah, Quartz is one of my favorite players, but I think he should probably be on the bench this week. Um, and yeah. even if Watson would be on the bench. I think Watson needs to be, they need his energy this week, I think. Um, and he's not even in the match 23. I think that's a mistake. So our back nine, or not back nine. I don't know why I said back nine. Uh, back line. Jesus Christ. I was reading out the scrum half, right? Yeah. Well, and you so, got my, my guy, Ali Price. Yeah, there. so Ali Price is your your nine for the back line. He he is going to push the tempo, which I think was a big part of the first. He was able to tire out the spring box in the first sixty minutes. <clears throat> so I think that's going to help. Um, I think that was the reason why they got tired in the final twenty was Ali Price was pushing tempo for the first three quarters of the game. Yeah, no. no, no stacking. Connor Murray obviously didn't didn't do it, and then they had plenty of energy when Ali Price finally came on in the final twenty, and it didn't matter. So hopefully he can push the the pace, tire out the box, 
and Lions can get it done that way. Yeah. So Ellie Price nine. We got uh, the flopper Dan Biggs at ten. Okay, so uh, that's three <laughs> three Lions tests in a row started for uh, Dan Bigger. Oh damn! Yeah, I think. Yeah, totally dry. But uh, three, man, you can call it a flop if you want. No, but, no, uh, it's so. Dude, the size of that guy. If that dude, I'm a good six inches taller than Biggs, and probably. 20 pounds heavier, which I mean doesn't really mean a whole lot, but um, if that dude shoved me in the back full force, not expecting it, I'd probably fall down and cry like a little girl too. Yeah, I mean, I bet that so surprised the it, fuck out of him. When I watched it live, I was like, oh dude, he's flopping. Uh, and then once I saw a couple replays and I saw what happened, it was like, okay, I can agree. That's like That's getting in a car a accident, bit. dude. That's some whiplash right there. Yeah. His back yeah, completely bends, and then his face comes forward and smashes someone else's shoulder, and then he falls down. He's like, fuck, my back hurts. But that also goes back to that fucking dirty play thing that I was talking about. That guy, the guy that hit him, the number two, was the hooker. Dude, he came in just full elbow, smacked Biggs out of the way, and then just jumped in and, like, like it yeah, was so it was unintentional. Like, and... It was like no wonder that Hoggy came in hot, like trying to yeah. knock someone out of the way. Yeah, dude, that shit was dirty as fuck. So all the shit I was saying, Biggs, about you flopping, I saw it. I watched the replays. I saw it. Yeah. I was joking. Not, like, not a flop, dude. Like yeah, that I shit. Wanna... I bet that shit hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh, at eleven, we have uh, Duhan. At twelve, we got Bundy Key, and like I said, I I think he's a run on man. He's he's yeah. the guy that you want hey, as a think, last minute push. But it's good to see I some. I think change. Gats is listening, man. You kept you kept saying send the Bundy in, and I uh, did. Said send the Bundy in. Here here's the Bundy. Yeah, I did see send send him in, release the Bundy, but as a run on. He tires out really fast, and he's the longer you have him on there, the more he tires out, the That's more the thing, of a though. he's going to be. That's the thing. They, they have Elliot Daly on the bench, so they only need Bundy to play one half. So let him play the half where, like, you're already tiring them out, right? Like, exactly. Like said, exactly. Price, if you have Ali Price pushing the pace. Out, right? Once Ali Price pushes the pace and tires out the box, why wouldn't you throw Bundy in then? That dude's like a – borderline forward you know because, what i mean because like, south africa are going to go balls to the wall first half so if you have ali price running he he's a running nine so let's say he runs out he's going to dummy forward and crash ball 12 <coughs> to bundy let bundy run into the big guys wear them out in the first half second half clear sailing well if if they win and Bundy does extremely well. Gats, I told you, and you probably should call me on to help out with some coaching things, right? Because I've been saying it from the get-go. Send in, release the Bundy. Yeah, release the Bundy. Uh, so then we at 13, we have Robbie Henshaw. Uh, where, which is where Robbie Henshaw needed to be the last two games. He needs to be at 13. Uh, and then we have 14, Josh Adams, which... Tri-scoring machine. All you people crying that he's not—he wasn't going to be in—that he was uh, <coughs> sent home too early or whatever. What, what were people saying? People were it was a big old controversial. 
people were really mad because Josh Adams scored like nine tries in two games or whatever it was. He he scored a ridiculous amount of tries. People don't realize is that half of those tries, anybody on the field could have scored, but because of his position, he's the guy that caught it and walked in. Like, yeah, it's not saying he's a good player. He's obviously amazing. He's on the fucking Lions. He's really good. It's just for his position, they were playing bad teams who were also yellow carded. He was in the right place at the right time. That's just what wingers typically do. So half of his tries, really, he didn't do anything. So, I don't know. Yeah. And then our 15, we have Liam Williams. Yeah, which I think is great because with the, the game plan both teams are doing, lots of trying to kick and take the high ball, there's not anybody better. Liam Williams is the best under the ball. So, If you were to ask me, I would say Stuart Hogg is man, phenomenal on the back. Right? I, but this, I, would say, this sport, I would say a better... I have not seen anything impressive. That's the thing. I would say overall, total, total game, I say Stuart Hogg is better. Hoggy is better in the open field. He'll make more people miss than Liam Williams will. He has a way bigger boot than Liam Williams does. But under the high ball, there's nobody better than Liam Williams. And that's yeah. all they need right now is they need someone to come up, take possession, and keep it. They don't need someone to get in the open field and make somebody miss at a fullback. They need someone to take possession. That's it. And he can do that. Yeah. yeah I mean, like I said, like if you if you were to watch like the Prem, when people would kick to kick against Exeter and Hogg was in the back, it was you like, you don't kick the Hoggy. Yeah, you, you don't know, kick like, the Hoggy. <laughs> right. And then in the Six Nations, same thing. It's like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. he's so dangerous back there. Yeah, you know, he's him. they're gonna make you miss, or he's gonna boot that thing right to the try line, right out on touch. And now you gotta have a line out right there against like your own five. You know what I mean? Yep. Like Hog was just incredible this year, but on this tour, just well, it's, it's not his fault. It's the game plan has been different. It, they haven't been kicking deep to Hoggy. They've been kicking high. So it's not that he, if he had space to work with, that's fine. Yeah. But he's had no space. He can't kick. He's only gotten the ball a few times a game. So, I mean... I can see why he's not... Doesn't suit doesn't suit his game style. It suits Liam Williams more, in my opinion. So... Ugh, this fucking allergies, dude. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, so, our run-ons, we have uh, Cowan Dickey. Uh, Mako Unipola. Yeah, Mako Unipola. Uh, the second biter himself, Kyle Sinclair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adam Beard. Sam Which I think, Sin- is, I think is great, dude. I think Adam Beard has played out of his fucking mind since I lost it and he got brought up to the team. I He has been playing so well. I hope he gets on the field and gets to earn a test cap. I really maybe, hope he gets to earn that test cap. Maybe you were his inspiration. Maybe he listened to our show and was, he was like, like, I'm going to prove that dipshit wrong. <laughs> Maybe. He's like, I'm not, not going to call him John Cattell until he appreciates my rugby skills. I do appreciate his skills. So um, so then we have Connor Murray. 
You know how I feel about Connor Murray. I mean, I mean, whatever. at this point, he's he's everybody's giving him backlash. He doesn't seem like he's playing as he should. Why not Connor try Murray somebody was, else? He was so slow. I what pisses me off, even playing like a club level, you go in. You're trying to save that ball from getting turned over. You're getting smashed by three other forwards, and you're doing everything you can to hang on and keep that ball safe. And your scrum half is just lazily walking over, like pointing out where to go. And it's like, motherfucker, get the ball out. Yeah. Like, fucking get rid of it because we're going to lose it in about two seconds. Yeah. That's Connor Murray to me. He has, he's not quick getting the ball out. He's sitting there playing with it, trying to figure out, like, well, we're going to go here. We're going to kick it. And meanwhile, the four, especially playing at South Africa, like you got to get that ball out because their forwards are the meanest on the planet and they're going to kill your forwards trying to cover that rook. Like, do them a favor, get the fucking ball out so they can stop getting murdered. So, like, I mean, that's kind of like what I'm getting at is like, why not throw in the young gun? Like, uh, let let whales Wait. have their scrum half go in. I'm just saying, somebody else. Yeah, somebody maybe not Connor Murray because so far it hasn't yeah. really worked. Anybody else? Yep, and it hasn't really worked. So or, I would say, I don't know. Gareth Davis should maybe get a shot, but I'm not Warren Gatlin. But I'd give Gareth Davis a shot because he plays like Ali Price does. And maybe that's why they're going for Connor Murray. They want to like a change up. But I would say if you got someone like Gareth Davis who can push the, the pace a little bit in the final 20 minutes, put him in. Yeah. Connor Murray has uh, proven pretty fucking ineffective. At this tour, yes. Yeah, at this not... tour, yeah. For, for Ireland, he's great. But for this tour, he's not worked. Yeah. Um, at. 22, we have Finn Russell. That, in my opinion, could potentially make or break the game. If that's yeah. a tie game, if you're looking at a close game going in the final 20 minutes and Finn Russell comes on, you've either got the Finn magic, he's going to kick through defenders, and you're going to get a breakaway try. Like he's. Which I think is great for for like Duhan. They play together on Scotland. If we can get a break there, maybe Finn Russell also has the capability, much like Marotoje, to give a game away with a bad decision on a kick or a pass. I mean, he he literally is all or nothing. So if it's close in the final twenty minutes, it's gonna be I'm not gonna have fingernails left, man. <laughs> that dude and he literally either will win it or lose it for the team single-handedly will win it or lose it so what if like somebody like marcus smith it's the same sort of i like marcus smith but his international career consists of playing a game against the u.s which was fine, but we literally were within two scores and a game against Canada that he played half of. He hasn't played monsters like South Africa before. 
it's a whole different game when he gets up there. It's not saying he isn't good. It's I mean, like that's experience true, level. But he also went in against what the Bulls? Was it the Bulls? Right, the the Bulls who Benetton smoked. Just saying. Who Benetton? He's had a little bit of it. Benetton smoked. So <laughs> it's not the same thing. It, it it just isn't. And in the third test, you need people who are internationally tested. So that's why you go with someone like Finn Russell, who can win you any game at any time. I mean, I'm not saying Finn Russell's a bad decision. I'm just saying, I mean, as a Scotland fan, I have seen him win and lose games for us. So, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not saying Finn Russell's a bad decision. Uh, I mean, I like Finn Russell. I think just at this point, it's because you're playing for all of it right now. If it was test number two or whatever, or if if, if we had won the second test, then yeah, I'd say start Marcus Smith. Fucking let him start. Like no, no, no. I'm not saying no. Definitely not start. Right. I I would say have him as a run on again. But I don't he, even he had... agree. I don't even agree with Sam Simmons being on the bench this week. Like he shouldn't be in the lineup at all. Nope. I don't they see how he... you, I don't see how you, how you start, not start, how you put Sam Simmons in the lineup over Hamish Watson. Even at number eight, when you have other guys who can play number eight, I don't see how Simmons gets in over Watson. That's just me. I think Simmons has been mostly average on this tour. Yes. That's fair. That's not based on his talent level. That's based on, for him, I think at number eight, it's been based on his size. I don't think coming out of the eight spot, he's been, he hasn't played big enough. Whereas Jack Conan, he's been playing great. I don't think Falato, I, I think he's honestly played pretty poor. Um, I've not been, everyone just talked up, oh, Toby Falato, he puts the fear in people. Not this tour, he hasn't. <laughs> I mean, really, this tour, he, he just, yeah. He hasn't, and I, everyone talked about how good a Six Nations was. I don't think he had a good Six Nations, but I thought he looked average. I think um, Fagerson on Scotland looked better. I mean, I, I don't think, but he got in based on, you know, credit in the bank, like um, Gatlin talked about. Oh, we know what he's capable of. Okay, well, you know what Billy Winnipeg is capable of, but he didn't go. I mean, I don't I don't think, I don't think Faletau was any better than Winnipeg was. Yeah. Recently, uh, I, it, I think it's Gatlin likes uh, Falatau, and that's why he went. And he hasn't lived up to, in my opinion, has not lived up to being a lion on this tour. Whereas I was like very vocal about Adam Beard should not be here. Adam Beard showed up and he played his fucking ass off. He earned, you know, he proved. And I wasn't the only one saying Adam Beard shouldn't be there. I was not alone in that. And Adam Beard shut everybody up. Yeah. Falatau yeah, hasn't sure. done that. Yeah. Falatau yeah. hasn't done that. The only, the only like 
so we've we've had technically three tests against the the spring box already. Yeah, the A side basically was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, without a doubt. Um. So I feel like Gatlin would probably have you know more than enough time to see what's working, what's not working. Yeah. And the way I'm seeing it is like like you said, somebody like Ali Price to keep pushing that pace in the first half. You know, yes, you're tiring your team out, but you're also tiring them out. We've also seen whenever Ali Price is starting, that first half is generally level and yeah, low scoring, right? Yeah. Um. So the way I would see it is, you know, let's do that, and in the second half, let's just put on the big guns, somebody like Bundy Key, you know. Yep. Courtney Laws, and a lot of people might not like that, but I would say somebody like Marcus Smith that can create those gaps in, 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 in there, you know, some put something in there that's going to sit there and just, you know, make the tired guys start second-guessing, break those that defense up, you know, yeah. kick through, punch through, whatever you well, got to do. do. I, I do I, think I that's why Finn Russell is starting at 10 is because his kick-throughs, I mean, 90% of the time, they're absolutely fucking on point. But right. if you go back to game one with South Africa, they brought on their bomb squad, which were their backup their backup props, which are their World Cup winning starting props. They figured, oh, yeah, second half, we're going to bring on these you know gigantic behemoth yeah. props, and they're going to torch the Lions. Didn't happen. So yeah. maybe Gatlin is thinking, well, I don't know if I can, especially after the second test, how we got smoked in the second half. He's like, well, maybe they won't tire out. Maybe I can't bring on the big guns second half and make it work. So yeah, I never, I, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's a tough call. Like I said, I, I can see Finn Russell coming in. Um, not mad about it. I just feel somebody like Marcus Smith coming in who does have great kicks and also great footwork and I mean Yeah. You know, putting somebody like him in, Bundy a key in, I mean, I'd feel like they'd probably be a great combo. You know, Mark Smith doesn't always have to take the hit or, or create the footwork. You know, he could dummy him out and as he's dummying him out, pitch it out to, to Bundy and now you got this dude that's gonna just blow through the defense. I, I feel like that's probably the call to make. I think honestly this next game is probably going to come down to refereeing game yeah. one was real hard on South Africa. The lions got a few more calls because Warren Gatlin came out and was like, Hey, what the hell? He's like, how come all TMOs are South African? He was like, that doesn't seem fair, which yeah. South Africa's point. It's not their fault that COVID is a thing and not everybody can travel and you know, whatever. Yeah. But then Razzy Erasmus comes out and he puts an hour long video out about, you know, criticizing the lions, criticizing the referees. And then game two rolls around and South Africa gets the benefit of the doubt most of the time. And so now I think game three, it's going to be, it's going to be tough with this. Brutal one, man. Oh, it's for sure going to be a brutal one. I'm expecting to see a full-fledged fight. I'm I'm waiting for that 99 call, dude. 99 call is going to be what's up going back to like the 70s when these dudes just beat the shit out of each other. Do you know about that? Uh, I was fixing to ask you. 
So apparently, like back in the day, because South Africa, they like how they bully people now. It used to be way worse, and especially because there was no TMO, there was no you know video cameras like getting everything, and uh, the home nation always supplied the refs. And apparently, the Lions were like, "All right." So they like to try to beat people up like off the ball. They go anytime that someone feels threatened, just do 99 call, and every lion. That's close by. It's just going to pile in and beat the shit out of the closest Springbok. <laughs> so they had 99 call. And there was fights all over the place. Well, wasn't I, like that time that that happened. That was also like what's going on now when. That's what I'm saying. It's like, that's it why I'm almost expecting time. that to happen. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Because like, Saturday. if you, if you, if you watch the story of rugby, for those who have, I think the time that John's talking about was Africa was just a fucking wreck and the Lions are getting criticized to come over and even play. Am I right? Just the same time? Well, you're, you're talking like apartheid time. So the Lions actually refused to go to South Africa for almost 20 years. They wouldn't go to South okay. Africa. And it was New Zealand. I knew it was a team that went New over Zealand, there. New Zealand did go. They sent a, I forgot what they were called, but they weren't called the All Blacks. They went, New Zealand players went, but it wasn't under the All Blacks. It was not sanctioned. Um, yeah, but there it was like highly criticized, and it was yeah, it was super mess. criticized. There were yeah, there were riots and everything and protests. Yeah, I want to say that ninety nine call was in the seventies. It's in our notes for our Lions history that we'll be doing this weekend. Yeah. If you're, if, you know, yeah. At this point of time right now, this weekend. This weekend, yep. If you're in the future and you find this podcast, you know that it was a long ago. Though, so, I doubt, I, you know, I thought about that, you know. So, like, somebody like Joe Rogan's podcast or whoever, right, it's just a random interview. So, you can go and you can listen to that at any point in time and, it's a great interview, but like if you listen to a lot of rugby podcasts, we talk about things that just happened. So nobody really gives a shit if it's already happened, right? Nobody's going to go back and listen to but it. But that's right? why the but that's why the histories are so cool. Yeah, you can listen wherever, and it's good up until a certain point. Mm. And we can always update them, like a part two. Part two, exactly. So. uh 99 call was 1974. Pretty mm. much listening. Maybe we'll see it again in 2021. So yeah, I I really um really hope the Lions pull this one out. Although I will admit, for my first Lions tour being able to watch because I wasn't really involved with rugby last time this is very anticlimactic it's underwhelming yeah it's it's really not i think the so, whole and, no crowds and, and part of it with, part of it is there's no crowds like covid is a, a big issue with it yeah. they're playing these teams that i mean the sharks played twice in four days yeah they didn't have their full starting side so, I mean, you're playing undercooked teams. 
usually they go on tour and they they lose to someone like the local club sides, and they've been abs- they've been beating all these teams by 40, 50 points. So that's not as much fun. And then they go in, they're smoking these teams. They go play South Africa, and it's a close game. It's a boring well, it's game. Not, it's not. Uh, oh, God, I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Sentinel Firearms Training. Sentinel Firearm Training has a variety of custom courses to fit the need of any individual from beginner to advanced. Have you thought about getting your LTC? They are certified by the Department of Public Safety to put you through that course. Maybe you already have your LTC and want to sit on the classroom portion only to brush up on newer laws. They even let you do that. They are certified by the NRA as handgun instructors and even have a youth safety and awareness course. One of my favorite parts is in some of the courses they even bring a private firm to give you optional access to an attorney 24-7 for any questions or support. Every course you do comes with range time. This isn't a hit it quit it type company either. They offer continued support even once you pass their course. I call them all the time to ask them about certain things I heard or new laws and they are always super responsive and knowledgeable. For supporting our podcast, all listeners get 20% off all courses when you mention Scrummed Up in all of your inquiries. We will leave a link in the episode description. Make sure you give them a call. And now back to the show. Oh, God, I feel so much better. Yeah, I was trying to... I was trying to hold that, but dude, I I couldn't. Yeah, I was trying to figure out a way where I can, like, take that break. Like, hey, I gotta go take a piss real quick, but... Nah, we're just gonna edit all that out and, uh, you know... Whew. Yeah, I feel way better now. Yeah. Well, now I have to keep it in certain spots because I don't even remember where we were at. I think we were still talking about... Talking about lines and changes and substitutes oh, and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's right. No, like, um, them blowing out people, you know, 40, 50 points to the clubs, that, that wasn't the thing that was, you know underwhelming or them even being you know such close games against south africa that's not it either i mean to me that's great it's just i think it changes your expectations to me to me it to me it changed i think for your average fan it changes expectations because you see them playing with it throwing it around you're getting the ball changing hands four or five times and then they get, you know, they bust out a try. You know, they're kick and chase, getting a try out of it. But against the spring box, it's literally, okay, catch the high ball, secure it, crash ball, kick it away. Then it's spring box, okay, catch the high ball, secure it, crash ball, one or two faces, kick it away. And that's basically the entire game. Until someone gives away a penalty, and then it's shot at goal. Okay, repeat 10 more minutes of this. Okay, penalty, shot at goal. Okay, repeat, shot at goal. You know what I mean? Like, it's over and over again. And I don't I don't know. Uh, the Lions, I think a lot of times in that game, instead of kicking to the corner and going for a... They were so scared of the Springboks line out and set piece that they just punched the ball up to the sky and we're like, we're going to catch it back instead of kicking it out or taking a shot at goal. 
I, I don't know why they did that. I thought that was a little confusing to me personally. I don't know. The way I look at it is like, yeah, they're blowing these clubs out 40, you know, 40, 50 points, but like all these clubs are have a little bit of people here and there. That's what makes up the spring box, right? You, you can't expect these guys have played like the spring box because if each club played like the spring box then it would just be fucking boring all the way through right you know, but those club... guys were not playing for their clubs they were in the spring box camp because they were playing teams like georgia so they weren't at their clubs okay well even more right even more like that right? that's, that's what i'm saying from... so it was like the club b team yeah yeah i guess so but it's just i don't know to me, it's kind of expected. It's it, it's really going how it should be going, but I just think the whole no crowd thing just feels kind of just dry, man. It, to it me, it's the whole no crowd thing is is really ruining it this time. Yeah, there's no sea of red. I mean, there's no one there supporting the spring box. I mean, See it's there. Yeah. Oh. Nothing. He can tell you're over there. <laughs> well, she doesn't have to leave. No, it's. She's like, I'm not here. <laughs> Ran out. <laughs> no, it's but it, like you said, it's not the same without fans there. It really isn't. Uh, there's so much more energy when fans are there. Well, I mean, like I don't know, but like. I feel like there, there's more energy when there's fans, and even off the pitch, there's more energy too. That I mean, yeah, we've had a lot of you know people on Facebook and social media going back and forth, but it just doesn't feel as exciting. It's a, yeah, it's not the same. You know? But honestly, like prim prim final, to me that was way that was more wild in this whole fucking tour. Yeah, minus Japan because there were fans. At Murrayfield. I don't. I didn't watch Japan. Not even the highlights, so I couldn't really. Oh, okay. But, well, but even then, like it was just. I I was way more excited for the prim final, before, during, and after than I have been this whole well, tour. Well, during it, for sure. That game was one of the top oh, three yeah, best yeah, games yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that like, game was crazy. Insane. Yeah, it. I would say this tour has been a little bit lackluster and even like just the gameplay though it's that's the style of this game this this is about winning it's not about the quinn's way of looking flashy doing it you know what i mean it's this is one for the purists and you're looking at oh that kick chase was two meters too far you know like oh look at that tackle oh look at that look at like the breakdown you know looking at all kinds of like small things that like most fans are just like, Oh fuck, like get on with it. You know, let's throw it out wide. Like, you know, but you can't do that because if you make that miracle pass and you miss it, that's the game, you know, or could be the game. If you, you know, one miss pass, like that's it, it's over. So nobody's willing to risk, you know, shooting a pass over four people for 30 meters and trying to make something happen. Ben yeah, Russell no, isn't I'm afraid to make that happen, though. So we'll see what happens. I'm not. I'm not. I hope like nobody takes the wrong way. Because I'm not trying to say like 
the whole the whole tour itself is just shit. I don't want to take away from the players because I mean, no, it's definitely not. It's some great fucking rugby, you know. And yeah, you know, I, I get you know it might be slow, but it's it's still exciting. And it's for intense. me, it's entertaining, I just, but I can see for some people, it's not. For me, it's it's like yeah, like the rugby's great and everything, but whenever you have something this big, it only happens four years for the Lions or twelve years if you're a Springbok. You know, for no crowds, something that this huge of an event, it's really not what it should be, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, the, 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 the actual rugby play has been fucking phenomenal, but just overall, the atmosphere just isn't there for something that should be huge. I mean, just insane. Yeah. So did you see that uh, Stata Toy and Fafta Clerk will not be playing in this game? What? Yep. How are you so, not So Stata Toy uh, has a shoulder injury suffered from apparently when Duhan Vandermerver just absolutely slammed him into the ground. Um, and apparently Fafta Clerk has a muscle strain. So that means that um, Franco Mostert, who is in the second row, will move to flanker, and Lou Dieger will be playing second row next to uh, Eben Etzebeth. So Kobus Reinach, who used to play for Saints, actually, will uh-huh. be taking over for Fafta Clerk. So Yankees uh, will stay on the bench. Um, so this will not be a 100% Lions against Springboks team. So Springboks will be a little bit, a little bit less powerful. Cue the excuses. Yeah, right. So that being said, I mean, they still have most of their starting team. I mean, most of them are still there. Yeah, it's essentially they're starting. I mean, you're just looking at Lou Dieger's there, Evanette's about still there, Kitsoff's still there, Khaleesi's still captain. Uh, Jasper Visa is getting to start at eight again. Pollard at 10, Mapimpi at 11, DeLande at 12, Am at 13, Colby at 14, LaRue at 15. Yeah, so it's the same, same team, basically. We'll see. It's going to be a good last one. So who do you have for the last one? I got my boys, man. I know we like try not to seem biased in this podcast, but I got I got my boys. Got the Lions? Uh, yeah, I want them. Need them. They got to pull through, man. I see it. Yeah, I got I got them too. Um, I just I don't know, man. It's it's going to be a change. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I hope the changes are the right ones. Um, if uh, if they don't win, I'm blaming it on uh, Hamish Watson not being in the 23. <laughs> That's what I'm going to blame it on. 
I, I don't see how you keep the mesh out of the 23, man. That's just... I think he's got to be there. So what you got, scores? 23 to 20, Lions. Ooh, that's a good one. So I have 18-14. I will say having Elliot Daly on the bench for the Lions makes a lot of sense because he can play center or 10. Something happens. And he has an absolute cannon for a leg. So if it comes down to, you know, tie game or whatever, they're down by two, there's a penalty and they have to make a 60-meter kick. I mean, realistically, he could do it. So good to have him on the bench for long kicks. It's tough. Well, very tough. What you got for news? Uh, there's some news about the Australia Sevens team. Huh, okay. Let me saw that. They apparently, after the Olympics, they finished seventh, um, which they were obviously hoping for much higher than seventh. Uh, apparently, though, they absolutely just trashed the uh, the hotel room they were in. And the flight back, they had like holes punched in walls. There's barf everywhere. What the fuck? Oh yeah. Apparently they just trashed the hotel rooms. Uh, it was, it was not good. Uh, was rugby kids? Australia, rugby Australia, and I think World Rugby are looking into it. Gosh, man. Yeah. Yep. So there's something on the airline, too. What happened on the airline? Misbehavior from the teams on the flight home from the Tokyo Olympics. Oh, boy. Uh, they were they were alcohol-fueled, apparently. Uh-oh. Yeah, so Australia Sevens are uh, in trouble for basically drinking way too much at the Olympics and having way too good of a time, especially for for finishing seventh. Uh, The athletes had apparently damaged beds and put a hole in the wall while two team mascots were found in Germany's section of the village. What the fuck? So, yeah. They left their village rooms in unacceptable conditions before departing. Uh, Yeah. So they're under investigation now for absolutely just trashing Tokyo. It's not great. Wow. I mean, shit. I get it. It's rugby. Rugby guys are pretty wild. We love to drink. Yeah. Yeah, but you're at the Olympics. Yeah. Yep. And like, not even still, like, I'm not saying like, don't have fun. Just don't punch don't holes in walls and puke everywhere. Don't, don't make a fucking fool of your country during the Olympics. And yeah. even then, don't make a fool of your country at the Olympics when you get seventh. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Last place, understandable. 
First place, yeah, oh yeah. Second place, yeah, it's understandable. Third place, I could probably accept it. Yeah. Uh, Seventh let's place, see. Uh, why are you partying so hard? <laughs> right. Um. So the Bledisloe Cup this year. Hi, baby. She back. She sneak back in. She's figured out how to open doors. Ah, that's the worst part of toddlerhood. Here, is it? Oh yeah. Uh, in the Green King IPA, you know, I'm actually glad you're bringing some and that we can actually have some downtime to drink some because uh, I rarely drink any of the three or four bottles you gave me. I don't hardly drink it ever. I I just I want to save it. Well, so like one bottle I gave to Casey, and Casey fucking blew it all over the goddamn place. So I felt fault. bad. That's my fault. I didn't. I didn't brew it long enough that's my fault no you know what i think it was i think no i, I think it was i me. promise you it's my fault i didn't brew it long enough and it fermented an extra two weeks and had pressure built up no here's the here's the reason why i think it was me is because when i got it home you still had all like the extra shit in there right i was like shit floating in there but maybe the yeast or whatever i don't know so i'm saying and, I, I didn't i bottled it too well quick. hang on hear me out damn it so I opened the bottle, no problem. Didn't have to worry about it. Uh, took some drinks or whatever. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to sift some of this shit, shit out. So what I did was I opened all the bottles, got a strainer, you know, poured it into a cup with a strainer there so I can collect all the extra shit, dump that out, report it into the, the bottle, and then capped it off. Something within that process must have pressurized them because they were all like that afterwards. It shouldn't have. Because the, uh, when we had them at your house, nothing happened. When I drove home with them, nothing happened. But as soon as I did that, that's whenever they all turned into rockets. It it should not have. I think that I bottled them too quick. This should be minimum six weeks. I think I did those at four. It's probably what happened. Yeah. It is what it is. Well, but I can't no, remember if you yeah. have the one that's yeah. done in a year. You got to come down my next birthday. It'll be okay. a year. I'll have, so I'll have one. Damn, yeah, so you tell me you just started that shit whenever I was down there last time? The year one, yeah. Wow. The one year, the one year aging, dude, that's going to be like a 60% alcohol one. Nice. It's going to be basically like whiskey mead. Nice. It's gonna be yeah. you gotta take like shots of that, not not a whole bottle. Yeah, no, I'm excited for yours just because like I said, two bottles are technically went to fucking Casey. Um no, it must have been three bottles that you gave me because two bottles went to Casey. One bottle I took to a cousin's house, had a little bit there, and then I left the rest of the bottle because they enjoyed it. I don't think there was yep. There was a fourth bottle, and I gave that to my buddy Caleb, the one that wants to buy mead from you from now on. See the one that has face tattoos? Yep. Hell yeah. The one that has uh, Viking runes right here. Yeah. No, he looks scary. Nah. Like, not like... He's like me. He's a very easy-to-get-along... 
yes. social person. The thing yes. that puts him off is the face tattoo. So a lot of people just assume that he's not. Yes, he looks like he'd no, be he's, a lot he's of fun. Really, yeah, he'd be a good no. person to hang out with. Yeah, we like me you... and him, like Sorry, best friend. This is my best friend. Going to high school and shit. We would go out all the time. We would have a fucking blast. The problem is, we would have too much fun. And it started catching up with us, getting in trouble and whatnot. So now, I don't know. He still goes out every now and again. Me, I'm just like, I'm staying home. Like, yeah. But now he's he's a black guy, very social dude. But it's just, it's it's funny because like he's got head tattoos and shit, you know. He's got tattoos above his eyebrow. He's got like a Viking rune here. He was a dumbass one day, got a fucking teardrop, then what he turned into a diamond. Um, all sorts of shit yeah yeah uh but that's the thing that puts a lot of people off like one of my my co-workers aaron which is another good guy he when he first met him he was like what the fuck like yeah dude's scary looking you know what i mean he's like nah dude he's he's like me he's just a real you know social easily get along with tattoos yeah he just he just enjoys getting tatted up that's all it is you know i like getting tattoos too i just keep them off my face yeah, just as a general keep, rule, no job stoppers. Well, I can't tell you what I keep them off of, but like I know to keep them off here, keep them a little bit lower than here, and nothing on my hands. Yep. Well, that's the, a general I rule. I do want to get, I want to get a ring finger tattoo. That's it. Gonna have to so. get a Saints tattoo at some point. You know, I've actually been thinking a lot about that tattoo. We gotta start busting out some interviews because if we keep going at this rate, by the time we do the interviews, Callum Sheedy will be the starter. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta hurry up and get these done. Now, so I just have to get a tattoo of the Saints logo, right? That's it. Right. Cool. Yeah, I have no problem getting that tattoo. That's a calf tattoo, all day. It's a calf tattoo, and it's gonna have the little kid that like has the messy hair. Pissing on the logo, but it's gonna have the hang bears. On, hang on, you don't even know who the kid is. No, I feel like he's probably from a comic book with a tiger. Yep, and you don't know who his name is. No. Okay, if you get that tattoo with the unnamed kid pissing on the Saints logo, you better fucking know who it is and the reference. And the relevance of that tattoo. All right. Well, then enlighten me, John, since you're so upset about it. I just can't. But you're only a couple of years younger than me, and it seems like you're a complete generation off sometimes. No. I just. I don't understand how you don't know Calvin and Hobbes. I just. Yeah, that's her names. This blows up. Okay, which one's Calvin? Which one's Hobbes? Fucking no. I just know the comic books. Calvin and Hobbes. I don't read them. I've never read them. Fucking worst. You are the worst. I just can't believe you. And that's why Dan Bigger is way better than Callum Sheedy. Oh, because I don't know it's, who's Calvin. No, because it's a generational thing. <laughs> that's fair enough. I'll give that one to you. The old man and the young buck. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this this year, once the tour is over, it'll be pretty interesting on uh, the Prem side to see who's who's doing what now. Worcester is going to be. I feel like they'll probably end number four. Yeah, I bet I bet they push for the playoffs. Yeah, I think they'll end in fourth place, fourth or fifth. Worcester's going to get up there. I honestly, I feel like Bristol might drop a little. I don't think we're going to do as good as we did this year. You're gonna, you're losing some key players back to Saracens. Chiefs is going to probably but, stick in the top three. Saracens are probably going to stick in the top three. Yeah, realistically, it's going to be Saracens and Chiefs. Uh, I feel like three and four is probably going to be between the Saints and the Quins. Yeah, a top five, you're looking at, you've got Saracens back to number one, number two, Chiefs, then you've got Quins, and then even Sale, they're going to be up there again. Sale, yeah, two. Then Saints, Worcester, Bristol, that's top seven. And any one of those teams, you could be like, they look good. Worcester, yeah. obviously, it's way too early, but they have so many good players coming in. That oh, they got some fucking rockets coming in. It's going to be tough to keep them out. This is this year is going to be like the MLR coming up. <laughs> no, it's going to be tough, dude. Well, in a sense, right, we know, we know Chiefs are going to do great. We know Sale or Saracens are going to do great. Uh, but as far as anybody else within like the top four or five, Six, you know, it's it's going to be such a mashup, man. But like even Wasps, like Wasps are going to be getting a lot of their players back too. Half of their team was hurt last year. Yeah. So, I mean, if they get their team back, I mean, they're, again, one year ago, they were runners up. So, I mean, it's it's pretty much anyone's league minus Newcastle and Gloucester. Which sounds, I mean, which sounds tough. But I mean, Gloucester out, man. I mean, I'd still... Gloucester had a very bad year. The year before, they did pretty decent. I don't... Oh, I'd say Tigers. Tigers probably won't compete either. Well, you know what? We are losing Bath at Gloucester. Or Bath. Bath, I don't don't think they're going to do much. Yeah. They're okay. This is a huge part of Gloucester. And we're losing him. Uh... I mean, Gloucester basically has Johnny May, Zamet, and... 12 Trees. Uh, well, 12 Trees is kind of... He's all right. He is falling off, but he's not... But he's, you're looking at... Uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Ludlow. You got Ludlow. You're six. You also have... Um, oh, shit. Did I forget his name? The Argentina guy. Oh, Caceres? Caceres, yeah. No, Carreras. Carreras. Yeah. Caceres, not the UFC fighter. Yeah, that dude is... He did fucking badass last year. Most of the time. Oh, hey, did you see uh, Edinburgh signed two two of the Argentinian team players? I think so. Edinburgh got two of them. So we're looking on the up and up now. Yeah, I really... I really need to start following Pro 14 as much as, or sorry, United United, Rugby Championship. Yeah, United Rugby Championship. I need to start following them as much as I follow Prim. Yeah. As long as they're on ESPN, I'm going to keep watching them. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of like Prim and Saracens and shit like that. Um, let's see here. What we were talking about is not happening. Ealing is staying with the RFU. Stay in the championship. Yeah, uh, I don't. There's no nothing I can find that says why. But it was just announced that they're they're the first game against. Excuse me, Harbury. Oh. Ouch. Yeah. So Ealing to uh, Prim. Looks like we're gonna have a 13 team Prim. Uh, Ealing or uh, RFU is going down to what is 11. So you'll have Ealing. Cornish Pirates, Bedford, Plymouth, London Scottish, Jersey Reds, Hartbury, Nottingham, Amtill, Doncaster, Amtill, Doncaster, Redmond, Rich, Richmond. Uh, yeah, Richmond. Thank That's eleven. That's it. That's a- yeah, that's what, that's what they got. Good. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah. uh, Bledis, have you seen Bledisloe Cup stuff? No. So, because of COVID, uh, all Blacks are getting a little bit of a hand up, which they don't really fucking need for the Bledisloe Cup. Uh, the first two matches will be in New Zealand. Uh, which is not good news for Australia. Um, apparently, Queensland and Sydney are going to be on lockdown. So Australia got a special exemption to go to Australia and play. Where are they playing at? In Auckland. Yep. So Australia will most likely lose the Bledisloe Cup this year. And the last time the All Blacks lost to the Wallabies at this venue was 1986. So, statistically, not looking good for Australia to win the Bledisloe this year if the first two tests of three are in New Zealand at a location they haven't won at for 30-some-odd years. This last one was fucking pretty wild. Was pretty wild. Not wild isn't like the sense that it was close. I mean, I mean it was. Yeah, so. if uh, if what's his name would have made that kick. Oh man, what's his name? He uh, I think he's a winger, isn't he? Or fullback, Reese Hodge. Reese Hodge. If he would, he's he has he's kind of like Elliot Daly. He is capable of making like a 70 meter kick. The problem is his accuracy is not great, but he missed like a 55 or 59 meter kick or whatever it was like, just barely pushed one. And if he'd have made it, they would have won. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it was just fucking rough, man. That's what I remember from it. It was just like, damn, this is brutal. 
Yeah, well, then right after that, they had to play Argentina. and Which was also pretty wild. Which was also wild and one brutal. First time in like 30, 40 something ever. years. Ever. Yeah. It's the first time they ever beat them. Yeah. And then, well, since 75, yeah, since they started playing them. So, yeah, you can say it. Yeah. Um, but then, like, the next game, New Zealand was like, nope. Like no, not, not, and they won by like thirty points. Yeah, not a whole lot more news that I can find right now. I didn't have a whole lot just because there's not a whole lot. Not, yeah, not too much really happening right now. Yeah, I mean. See when does preseason even start up? September? No, September is well, maybe because I mean most of the games start at like late September for most of these leagues. So like if you look at RFU, they their first game round one is on the twenty first. I think the prem is the same thing. Yeah. So if they do start preseason, it's going to be early September or late August. Hmm. Apparently, Gatland and Erasmus are both uh, being looked at by World Rugby for their comments about the match officials. So they both they both might be getting in trouble for talking or speaking out against the referees. Who's this? Gatland and Gatland and Erasmus. So both of them are being targeted by World Rugby. But oh, Gatlin's can't have any way to talk to the referees, can he? Well, he came out and he said that he didn't think New Zealand, or not New Zealand, South Africa should be allowed to have three new or South African PMOs in charge. He's like, that's not really fair. That's clearly biased. Yeah. So agreed. They're saying he's targeting the integrity of the officials. So yeah. What is what else you got? That's it? I think so. I think that's it. I can't find anything else really that's that important to talk about. Yeah. Well, anyways, we turned a three-game episode into one of our longest as of right now. It's two and a half hours on recording. So, uh, yeah, fucking wild. Um, As usual, we're out of time and material and whatever to talk about. Yet somehow, again, we had little material. We brought it all the way this long. Yep, two uh, games. Yeah. If you guys have anything you want us to talk about, hell, you want to be on the show, we don't give a shit. You have a team history you want us to do, whether it's professional or local. Hell, if you are got a local team you want us to do a history on, just got to give us some help, right? Just send all your info in to questions at scrum.podcast.com or everything rugby at scrum.podcast.com. 
Uh, everybody, make sure you go to our web website and subscribe. We do send out weekly newsletters. I did forget this week because I've been busy. I'm a piece of shit. Um, usually, we try to send those out. So subscribe to us. We'll send those weekly newsletters out. Just gives you a recap what happened over the weekend. Uh, other than that, like I said, any questions, comments, whatever, send those into the email, website, or our Facebook, and we will talk to you guys next week.